Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by our full-time Liverpool correspondent, for that is what he's now known as, both home and away, James Pearce. Hiya, Jay. Hello, Ian. We've also got Echo Scribe and I'm not entirely sure of his job title at the moment. What is it? Big Cheese. Big Cheese. He has got Big Cheese. He's not a vegan. It's Christian Walsh. Hello, Christian. Hello, Ian. It's actually sports audience editor. Which... No one really knows what that's all about, no. but to be fair, they're just job titles. We'll get paid, that's the main thing. James, me and, yeah, well, James yeah. me and you were <laughs> at the Etihad, formerly known as Eastlands, formerly known as the City of Manchester Stadium, uh, last night, where we witnessed Liverpool create a little bit of history by winning their first ever European away game to, to English opposition, and more importantly, getting through to the semi-finals of the Champions League for the first time in a decade. Were you a little nervous there for the times? <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was an unbelievable night, really. Um, the first forty-five were just horrendous to watch. Um, Liverpool massively under the cosh. Obviously, everything you didn't want to happen happened in that first five minutes. With City getting the early goal, and you could see that you know briefly Liverpool looked as rattled as as City did at, at Anfield last week. But um, you know, it was it was. For me, the map, the key period was that five-minute spell before half-time, when when Liverpool were under siege, and through a, a bit of bit of good fortune and some heroic defending, uh, they kept City out. And then, um, you know, I think the big thing at the interval was obviously Klopp getting into their heads and getting them to to be more positive and to be more composed on the ball. And uh, Liverpool certainly did that second half, and we all knew that one goal was going to kill the tie and that's exactly what happened when Mo Salah scored it was like flicking a switch in terms of uh, turning off the volume at the Etihad and uh, and then Firmino just rubbing salt into City's wounds I mean Christian I was sat next to James and I can assure you that he very much was getting a little bit nervy and twitchy, twitchy even during that <laughs> during that first half but the second half was a completely different tale and I know from you having watched it here in the office that you're you joined me in the opinion that the second half performance from Liverpool was actually very, 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 very good. Spot on. It was now perfect, wasn't it? It was. It was. I think what, you know. Look at your ratings at the half-time mm. interval, and then look at your ratings at the full-time. Just shows you what a swing it was. I, I think that you, you, you. Have if you, you were given the... second half ratings out, they would have been tens and nines across the yeah. board. I think the way that the the bravery was just there in abundance again. It was. It was like it was back how it was at Anfield a week before. In the first half, it was lethargic. They were second-guessing themselves. They weren't sure. The number of loose balls that were there that last last week, Liverpool recovered. This week, they just let them drift into into City possession. That all changed in the second half, and, and there was a real intent. They were, they were ten yards further up the pitch. Mo Salah started to drift. I think the front three were absolutely crucial in this because I thought the defence were fantastic throughout, bar a couple of early uh, wobbles. But I thought the front three were really important in the second half because they they they. They must have been told by Klopp at half time whether to stick or twist, and it was basically you're going to have to twist here because you will. I, I think the vibe was Liverpool will need to score in order to go through in this tie the way City were playing, and it just sort of in a weird way that that game situation, the fact that Liverpool were one 0 down so early, I think it made up Klopp's mind in the second half to say right, okay, what we've got to do now, we've got to score, we've got to be brave, and it was so. It was such a marked change from the first half. You saw Salah drifting into space. You saw Mane's first touch. Firmino was everywhere again. And then 
the midfield as well in terms of Oxley Chamberlain, Genie Wijnaldum. I thought Milner had a good game all throughout. To be fair, I thought he was doing the job of three midfielders in the first half. But Wijnaldum and Oxley Chamberlain, you know what you saw for that first goal was Wijnaldum do something that he didn't do in the first half, and I was get a bit of space on the ball, get his head up, and pass forwards. And then what you saw was Oxley Chamberlain again getting time on the ball and deciding to try the the incisive ball through the back line, which worked with uh, with Salah. It. It was night and day the, the the performance from the from the first half and the second half and you know some of that's it was well to, deserved. I was going to say some of that has to be down to City because they did exactly what we would have thought. They threw everything at it in that first half and they put in an awful lot of energy so that when it came to the second half there was obviously going to be that drop off. They could never keep up that intensity. Yeah. Having said that, in the first half, I mean, I made a note saying the Liverpool's forward line weren't doing enough. They weren't defending enough, and then they were just like clearing the ball to. To nobody, they were trying to counterattack far too quickly. They weren't taking the time in possession. They weren't, you know, being careful when they were on the ball. But as James said before, about five minutes when I think it was Sil- Bernardo Silva hit the post, it was the goal disallowed. We'll come to that in a bit. But Liverpool had one or two chances, including Oxlade Chamberlain, and even then you could see that City were like not ran out of ideas, but they were just becoming a little bit stretched, becoming a little bit, and Liverpool were just growing a little bit in 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 confidence. I think they needed the second goal before half time, and mm. it's, it's funny because I've spoken to a, a fair few lads who were, who were in the away end. I think they've just about regained feeling in the limbs, and apparently, you know, the vibe there was Liverpool were almost out at half time because it was one nil, and all they could see was was City coming after wave after wave after wave of attack. But what that did, in the fact that City still needed two goals just to force extra time, well, I think, I think I this think is the thing to remember. That. I mean, from from being a bit older and being to a couple of these European games where Liverpool have been 3-0 down from the first leg I think Strasbourg and PSG, PSG were the ones yeah. in the 90s both games Liverpool won 2-0 the, sec- the first goal came reasonably early on I think the second goal for both reasonably games de- 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 certainly came a bit late on there was always that mad charge but you're right even if City had scored another two they still weren't through yeah it's still, and then Liverpool got another 30 minutes to get an away goal mm. you know as Liverpool found out against Atletico in, uh, in the Europa League in, in 2010 I think they needed that second goal, City, and I think what that meant was that whereas Liverpool would have been uncertain in the first half, City would have been uncertain in the second half. Guardiola, when when, when was he when was he going to bring Aguero on? At what point does he go for the jugular? He had to do that. I think it was just what you saw straight away, and then obviously it came to pass in, with ten minutes of the second half plays. There was just more space. Mm. Fernandinho was a lot more isolated. Fernandinho was trying to push forward a little as well. And then you've got a back three there of ultimately uh, Laporte, who's still getting he's been run ragged by Mo Salah a week before. Otamendi, you can throw in one, and he did eventually with Firmino and Carl Walker, who essentially is a, is a full-back playing centre-back. You, you get Liverpool's from three and Oxley Chamberlain running from deep against those three. There's only going to be one result, and, and ultimately that's what happens. I was going to say that the way that Guardiola set City up, Liverpool were always going to get chances mm. last night. I think. I mean, it was back to Barcelona days, wasn't it? That yeah, I mean, it was, was, it was effectively a front six. Yeah, yeah that, that's what he did and in Barcelona, but he had, he had like Messi and yeah. Neymar. And, and, and I think that like was that. why Klopp was so angry and animated on the touchline in the first half, because it wasn't so much the, the way Liverpool defended, because as a unit, they actually defended pretty well in the first half in terms of limiting really clear-cut chances. But going forward, Liverpool were just so wasteful, weren't they? And you could see, we, we were watching Klopp, weren't we? And he was throwing his arms yeah. in the air as if to say, you know, what are you doing? Because you know, there was so much space, they were especially down the flanks they were for Liverpool team. Yeah. And the number of times, and I think Andy Robertson 
You know, we had a really good second half. I was guilty of it a few times first half. Just launching, you know, 60, 70 yard ball yeah. for Mo Salah to, to get on the end of. And I think also the other thing is Mo Salah was nowhere near 100% fit no. because he was, he was well, a mile off part his of, usual part of change was in that first half is where they switched yeah. him to the central position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to get him in the game a bit more. Yeah, but also, well, I think also, yeah, to get him also, and there protect, was less, yeah. less of expected of him going back the other way. Yeah. It was to, because, to, to protect Trent a little yeah, bit more because, as well, wasn't you know, it? Sane had a really, really good first half. Um, yeah, and it just—I think just watching that first half, it was just infuriating because you just thought, for all how City had been unbelievably good going forward, it just needed one bit of quality, and and it took Liverpool nearly forty-five minutes to produce anything with that little interchange between Oxlade Chamberlain, mm. Salah, you know, tight angle, misses it. But I think that was the thing that even to get into half time and only be one 0 down felt like a bit of a moral victory to be honest. After the first half, Liverpool had endured. And then, you know, as we saw the second half, you know, they just functioned so much better in all departments. And brave, I think, is the right word, because where in the first half, a bit of panic set in, and they gave the ball away repeatedly, very cheaply. They, they kept it so much better. It's funny if you look at the game over the course of the two legs, you've got four halves of football there. You say the first half, Anfield, Liverpool dominated. The last half, at second half at City, Liverpool were the better team, scored the five goals. In between, basically, Liverpool defended. And given that's 90 minutes over two games against a City team who scored 120-odd goals this season, to restrict them to one, which we'll discuss in a minute... Three but, shots on target, yeah, City, which, yeah, exactly, three 180, yeah. 180 minutes. Two of them were just right at Carrius. But to restrict them to the one goal, which we'll discuss in a minute whether or not that actually should have been allowed in the first place, that shows how... We've said this before, last week we said about Liverpool's defence, and I think we all couched it in terms of, oh, they've got to go to Man City, let's see what they do there. But City scored after two minutes. In that first half, Liverpool then kept them out for 43 minutes, which I think, when that first goal goes in, you think, oh no, here we go. And you see the players thought that initially. You could tell they were getting a little bit worried. And I think Dejan Lovren spoke, I think it was to you, James, after the game, and he was, he was discussing... Yeah, to, we had to talk to each other and say, come on, calm down, there's still a long long way to go. And it showed them the maturity that Klopp was talking about after the game. He's mentioned a couple of times mm-hmm. now about performances being mature. And I think he also mentioned, we're learning our lessons. He's saying we learned the lesson of conceding very early on and then go, well, hang on, OK, that's changed things a bit, we have to do this. They're learning them, aren't they? It's funny, isn't it? You know, what, 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 what's been said about this, this team, or this club at least, not maybe not this team, uh, over the past five, six years, lack of character. Lack of heart, lack of lack of, lack of a, a, a spine, you know, both metaphorically and physically. You, you, you can't level that accusation at this at this side right now. It, it, you know, you've got a player like Virgil Van Dijk there, and yes, he, he came for seventy-five million pounds. He's the world's most expensive defender. You would expect this to be par for the course, but he made a mistake. Um, you know, in terms of he, he was a little bit maybe lackadaisical in, in clearing it. He, he was maybe waiting for a for a, for a whistle that was never going to come. It didn't rattle him. You know, it, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't alter the way he played his game because for the next eighty-eight minutes, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Should it have been a, a foul? I, I, I can't see what, what what the issue was. To be honest, you don't think it was a foul? No, I don't. I, I, well, I, I, I thought it was, it was a foul. I thought it was. So initial, did, it was, did, was, the was an, no, there was an initial foul, and then there was the other one where he pushed him over on the. I know Sterling's tiny compared to Van Dijk, and he shouldn't be getting pushed over by him. But someone pushed you over. I think he was off balance, wasn't he? Yeah. He, I, I, I think nine times out of ten. Get I think the, ref- I don't think the referee. Dijk, the referee. I don't think Van Dijk wanted the ball, though, did he? I no. don't think Van Dijk. You could see Carius has 
I'd, I'd collected the ball, he went to give it to Lovren, stopped, mm. went to give it to Van Dijk, stopped, and you can see both Van Dijk and Robertson going, calm it down, you know, go long if you have to, and then he just fizzes one to, to Van Dijk, you know, so I don't think Van Dijk wants that in the first place, but, you know, the way he responded and the way the rest of the team responded, you know, you've seen Dejan Lovren before, think about Tottenham away at Wembley earlier this season, the, the, you know, he makes one mistake or the back line make a mistake and his head's all over the place and he's, he's been substituted after half an hour. I thought he was Liverpool's best player last night. I don't I know. I think everyone agrees. Yeah, that, I think that was we're the all agree with that. That's the best game he's ever played. So, it, it, you know, all, all of this, uh, all of this, the, 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 these words about, oh, you know, they lack character. I, I think this is this what you're seeing this season, especially in this Champions League campaign. It's the building of a character, in, in, you know, amongst pretty much every single member of that squad. James, do you agree with that? Was it a case of character? It's something that you've got to prove rather than just talk about. Yeah, and I think. They definitely did prove a point last night because, especially when you look at other big away games Liverpool have, have had this season. You know, Christian mentioned Lovren at, at Wembley. Liverpool soundly beaten that day. You go back to their previous visit to the Etihad in the league, where you know obviously Liverpool didn't have a man sent off last night, but things went against them early on, and 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 rather than fall to pieces and crumble, they didn't. They dug in. Um, you know, obviously they lost to Old Trafford this season. You know, they haven't. They haven't really. That's the first time in a, quite a while that a club team has gone away to one of their big, big rivals like mm. that and won and won the game and done it in in that kind of style. And you know, especially when you think you know, it was only what was it four or five months ago, threw away a three-goal lead in Seville, where you know again similar situation where things started to go against them and they couldn't handle it. I think it does show the progression. That, that Klopp's overseen, and I think you, he has to take so much credit for that because you know we we know what a great man manager is he is, and you know how much players love playing for him. But you know the, the psych, psychology plays a big part as well. I think you know he's he's bought wisely and and improved that squad no end over the last two and a half years. But you know he's always, he's also proved an absolute mastery getting more out of players. And, and helping them to, to maximise their potential. And that's not just about ability, that's about the mental side of the game as well. And yeah, you can't, you, no, nobody can question the kind of the, the stomach for the fight or the, the backbone of this team because it's, it's a, it's a Liverpool, there's so much more to this Liverpool team than just fight and spirit and togetherness. There's a huge amount of quality, but there's no doubt that over the course of that time, how tightly knit it, it is helped them no end when they were under the cosh. Can we talk about the ref? What oh, the ref? I, 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 absolutely bizarre. I mean, <laughs> it was so, some of those decisions. I mean, you know what? You can see the man A1 because if he's far away and, and it looks like he's maybe slid in, okay, it can happen. It's a poor for me, decision. Camino's booking was a great, great foul as far as I'm concerned. It was a brilliant yeah. foul. That's the kind of thing, funny Liverpool. Trent, to be fair. Yeah, that's the kind of thing Liverpool. Another thing about learning, we, we, we've complained about them not doing all you know, the dark arts, the, the spoiling tactics. It was great seeing carriers taking about a year to take yeah. a goal kick. He was taking forever, and the bit where Alex Trent, 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 Trent the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the boys were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. just all the old tricks. Yeah. That, it, was, it, yeah, it was really, really good to see. But yeah, the, re- the referee was, for both teams, I thought, was, was abysmal. I thought some of his decisions, he had players walking tight ropes when they really shouldn't have been needing to walk tight ropes. I think you point to, to players, especially I think Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and Roberto Firmino, both of their 
game plans revolve around risk and re- reward when it comes to, to engaging in individual well, battles. Well, picked up Mane, didn't he? Mane, yeah, another one, you know, in terms of, you know, Trent was up against Sané and he did, you know, fantastically well, didn't even look like getting troubled after that. Um, and for me, you know, there was that moment just before Salah scored where he went in on uh, De Bruyne from behind, mm. won the ball, and I think there was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a, bit of a wince, a bit of a collective... Ooh, but he won the ball well, clearly. Ooh. <laughs> but he won the ball. He won the ball, and um, you know he was intelligent as well. I thought he played very well, com- considering what the referee was like. Um, let's go on. Let's do with the disallowed goal there. Well, the, well, that wasn't the referee, was it? That was, was, that the, was the assistant. Okay, the officials. Sorry, the, the officials between them came to a decision. Well, it all hinges on. I've seen the rules, and it all hinges on, from what I can tell, whether James Milner intentionally yeah. played that ball. Yeah. I don't think he did. I don't know whether he did or not. I think it's very difficult. I I don't think 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 it's an absolute clangor from the officials because I think they probably thought Jesus had touched it. To be honest, because we all thought at the time, because we thought, and then it didn't. No, I just think it just hit. No, just hit Milner. Yeah, just hit Milner. In real time, I was I couldn't understand why anyone. You know, there weren't even massive complaints. I think it was. I think Guardiola obviously would have seen a replay. Yeah, and then. Lost it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that played a part as well, second half, because you know it's we talk about Liverpool managing to stay calm under pressure. Well, it was hardly a great example for, for City's players, was it, when their manager's losing his head at half time and getting sent off. And I don't care what anyone says, that, that des- definitely. He's done, have, he's done that a few times. He's he's did it, did yeah. it against Wigan, didn't he, at half time? Yeah, yeah, definitely has an, has an influence. You know, when you're looking across for you know a bit of leadership and you know, an order's being shouted in the second half and Guardiola's sat in the stand. Michael yeah. mm. Arteta's so, there in a bench coach just sort yeah. of looking lost, you know, yeah. because he's like, well, I, I'm not the one making the decisions. It's 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 interesting with Guardiola because he's clearly had previous with that ref because he mentioned them before the game. It was the Monaco game. It was yeah, the Monaco game from last year. And that's clearly been in his mind. And it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously Jürgen Klopp has this reputation, if you will, and he's, he's pointed to himself in press conferences where, you know, oh, you know, he can be a bit harsh on referees, he gets in the fourth official's face a little bit, he'll shout, he'll rant, he'll rave. But uh, Guardiola, for, for all the, oh, what a classy guy Pep is, and you know, he's, he's class personified, he, he can give it as good as he can get as well. He's also very sarcastic at times, yeah. isn't he, when he comes to the old press conferences? Is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's, it's, it's one of those weird, you know, flip, flip situations, reversals, role reversals, where, you know, clock, clock, Kept his head where he could have easily lost his, you know, in, in the face of a couple of really strange yellows. And Guardiola, despite his size, probably being in a decent position, absolutely lost the plot. And, and you know, it does make a difference because he's sitting in the stands. Did United do Liverpool a favour then on uh, Saturday evening by beating City? Yeah, or, I think or, probably, did, or did Liverpool, without wishing to turn into think, the City podcast? Yeah, I think maybe in a way, in terms of what that would have taken out of City second half, but. Um, I think it has been a bit of a pattern, hasn't it? I was looking at the statistics in terms of City being quality in the first half and then not being able to sustain that brand of football. They've been scoring the last twenty minutes, the last eleven games, yeah. now, I think. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was slightly different last night because I think if that had been a league game, obviously the Salah goal wouldn't have had such massive implications. And you, and you can't imagine as it did. City would have attacked quite as much from the start. No, the living no. defenders, so you can't even say you're right. But yeah, there's no, you know that. The, the Salah goal just absolutely killed it, and it was it's similar in a way to a Coutinho's goal at Old Trafford two years ago, mm. when 
United was so far in the ascendancy and then it just needed that one moment of class to to, to kill them off and underlines the importance of the away goal and Liverpool keeping a clean sheet in the first leg, oh, wasn't it? Massive. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that finish from Salah is just you know I didn't to be honest when I saw it in real time I didn't realise just how good oh. it was. As well. the, how many of his goals were like that by the way? How many of his goals? Just, I mean, Palace we, we did Palace and, and it was like. Oh, he's just, he's just proud of that home. Yeah. I think I wrote him in Alsace, just proud of the yeah. home from six Converted yards. Different clubs, right? yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, but, but no, he hasn't. because he has this, I know we had Dan Kane the other week, what did he call it? The pause of a genius or something like that, which he, it was a good phrase that, we, that we, we've used several times. We did it again. It's because, I think it was Neil Jones, the, the great missed lost. Well, he's gone somewhere else. He's not dead. He makes us well be. To be fair, he did give me a lift to the game last night as well. Um, but he said that when in, in the area, players always have more time than they actually think. And I think Salah's one of those players that realises it. Because everyone was just like, going, oh, there should be a penalty, should have been a yeah, penalty yeah. for Mane. I think a lot the of players would have been appealing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he just gets the ball and goes, oh, let's have a look here. Okay, right, I think I'll just clip this over this player Sleep, on the line. Sleeves over his hands, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, kids on, like, on the park. Yeah, and yeah, just, all those just, every, just Everything else just seems to slow down for him. Yeah. It's where the great players, like the likes of Messi and Ronaldo, and, you know, we look, and he is—he has to be mentioned. And we had this conversation before in the office. Is he the third best, or in the top three players in the world at the moment? Undoubtedly, you have to say yeah. yeah. Undoubtedly, yeah. he's in—he's in the top one. Really? On form this season. Okay, Ronaldo has done it in the Champions League with with unbelievable consistency. He scored in every single Champions League. But you've League got to game. take it at a moment in time, haven't you? So you're saying that's like at this moment in time, say over the course of this season, the last few weeks slash months, is the best player in the world. Yes. James, do you agree? No. I'd say definitely top three. Yeah, it's between think, those three. Isn't yeah, it? but he's just... That finish well, what, was to, just the mark where, where on the I, I, think, I, think he's, I think he's galvanising Liverpool in a way that even Messi isn't necessarily galvanising Barcelona. Well, really but well, there we go. No, I mean, that's obviously just one game. I just think... And maybe it is sort of a, a bias in terms of, obviously, we've seen Salah up close in the flesh. I haven't seen Lionel Messi play live since 2007. 2007? 2006? 2007? Seven. Seven. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's obviously... And I haven't seen Ronaldo play live since 2014. Obviously, there's a bit of a recency bias and obviously what, you, what your eyes see. But at this moment in time, I just feel like that, that there is no player in world football who can astound and produce a moment of magic like uh, Salah and that's obviously a bit of a big call because you've seen Cristiano Ronaldo score an absolutely audacious overhead kick mm. in Turin and you obviously you've seen Messi score come off the bench score the hat-trick and he come off the bench against Sevilla with a side 2-0 down and he rally but I just feel like with at this moment in time maybe it's because it's been such an, a dramatic emergence from Salah maybe we're, we're so used to Messi and Ronaldo Salah's come from absolutely nowhere he was a he was a good winger in Ro- at Roma with with Good to, to to excellent numbers, and he's just gone from that next to that next level. A little bit of how Suarez did it. Well, there's a little question for you then. Liverpool signed Van Dijk and Salah. They both broke the club record for both of them. Combined total of more than 110 million pounds for the pair of them. Liverpool got a good deal there. Oh, ridiculous! It's, it's <laughs> yeah. funny that we're talking now about 110 yeah. more than 110 million pounds on two players, and yet everybody who watched them will agree Liverpool have had got an amazing deal for the pair of them yeah but I think the recruitment in general has been absolutely transformed in does, the last does, does that few years. prove that you've got to pay the money now for these players yeah and I think it also vindicates massively Klopp's approach in terms of you, you go through almost every big decision he's made in the transfer market since he's been a you know the 
the, the screams when he didn't buy a left back and, 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 and Milner did a job there for a, for a season. Um, you know, the, the uproar last summer, you know, he has to go and buy a, just buy, buy a centre-back. No, I'll wait for the one I want. And now you know, Van Dijk you know, just has lived up to every single expectation and, and more. Even, um, so, even Salah himself, he wanted him. But when Roma were messing about a little bit, you know, they put the little feelers out for one or two other players, and that gave Gelson Martins Roma was the, one, Douglas Costa was another Douglas, one. Yeah, the kick up the backside, and he got the one he wanted. Yeah, and you go, you go through that, you know, Andy Robertson. You know, there, there was yeah. there was a great stat, wasn't there, like last night that you know what was it five, five years, years ago, ago he was playing against Amman Athletic, athletic and lose it, yeah, in front of two hundred and forty people. Now he's in the semi-finals of the Champions League. You know, what did what did City pay for Laporte? Oh, 40 odd million. Yeah, he's so. not a left back, though, is he? I know he, he played centre back. No, he left, he played, left, he played side, left back in the but, first game, and that's yeah. where it all went wrong for Andy him. Andy Robertson, you know, an eight million pound left back, who, you know, no, no other remotely top club were in for him last summer, and now you look at how how well he's done. Um, you go, you go through that team. You know, Genie Wijnaldum, even who some player who's taken a lot of stick, but showed his worth on the night as well. You know, he's carries. Carriers again. Matt know. Manny was an inconsistent yes. winger at, at, yeah. at Southampton, and, and personally, I thought yeah. thirty million or that, that, well, that's a little yeah. bit too much. Well, again, the other thing is because all these players are put together, it's not entirely reliant on them. Like Manny was probably the main Manny at Southampton. Salah certainly was one of two. Roma, Jacko, yeah. It? Van Dijk again at Southampton. He was the you know the big cheese, as Christie would say. Um, but. When you put them all together, they're kind of feeding off each other's responsibility. Obviously, you look at Liverpool and you go, right, Salah's the best player because he scores all the goals. But Klopp was speaking after the game, and he was saying that, look, we love, we love the boy, Mo, but look at the work that Mane and Firmino do yeah. on the wings. They do the hard work that allows him to do this, that, and the other. James Milner. James Milner was a freer. Of course, he would have come with a signing-on fee and a fairly decent one at that, and he's on, he's on good wages, but... Oh, name, name me a better free transfer in the, in the past five years. It's, it's. I mean, and, and again, he was somebody who, at the start of the season, I had severe reservations about in the central midfield role. I, I thought he's had a season at left back. Can he come back and perform to the required standard in central midfield? And since since the turn of the year, he's been absolutely phenomenal. I think he's been up there for Liverpool's best player this year. Yeah, I mean, the other big recruitment thing, which obviously was a gamble that has paid off so far. Was obviously selling Coutinho, which mm. you know, when you go back, the, you know the the kind of there was obviously the uproar of selling him, and then you know, the, the kind of almost disbelief in some quarters of not and not replacing him. Um, but again, you know, I think Klopp spoke about it himself since January when Coutinho went. It does make Liverpool more unpredictable. You know, he, he said he talked then about how there were too many games where you know he said then about there isn't a main man as yeah. such, even though Salah scored the weight of goals. You know, it doesn't. The whole team doesn't just revolve around him. And Klopp said that there were times when he felt the players, you know, especially when they were in difficult moments, just give it to Coutinho, Coutinho you know, give it to him. He'll he'll make something happen. And and they don't have that now. And I think, you know, there were, there were many reasons why Liverpool eventually decided to take the money for Coutinho. And obviously, one of them as well was, you know, just how much Klopp values that kind of unity in 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 the, in the dressing room and not wanting to keep someone against their wishes. And you know, again, you don't want to you don't want to go overboard because it's only the semi-finals. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and again, it's first time in ten years, though. Yeah, that is a massive achievement in itself. But obviously, you know, these amazing nights that Liverpool have had so far this season will only truly 
be remembered in decades and decades to mm. come if they go on and win it. Otherwise, they will just be footnotes in Klopp's reign. You mentioned Coutinho then. But he would surely be supporting Liverpool in the semi-final. Well, he gets a medal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, I imagine he'd be, he'd be kicking himself because... Will he really? Why, will he really? Will he really? He always wanted to go to Barcelona. Yeah, but he could have gone to Barcelona in the summer. Well, then he, he could have left. He thought, perhaps he thought that he couldn't have gone. That's yeah, Liverpool were prepared to do a deal where the deal would effectively have been done in yeah, but January. He's almost like a six-month loan deal. Barcelona, he said, oh, no, I don't. Well, he didn't want that to happen. He wanted to go straight away, which I think we were at the time. It was an odd decision in the fact that Barca had already effectively won the Liga mm. and he couldn't play in the Champions League. Now, who knows what's going to happen in the next five or six weeks, but you know, if he'd stuck around and been a part of this journey and if it does end the way we all hope it ends, he could have walked away to Barcelona in the summer as a Liverpool legend. That's not going to happen. That didn't happen. And you know, that is the, the coveted status that the players he left behind are now chasing. Well, another player who looks like he's leaving and we'll never see again, Christian, is Emre Chan. Indeed. Uh, the word is that he is, in fact, out for the season now. And um, Liverpool initially weren't... Well, I think they were quite optimistic when they were also started. A couple of things have happened since then. Jurgen Klopp's come out and said this, that and the other. And you know, basically, it's more or less been confirmed that he won't play again for Liverpool this season. And that's the thing, Sandy's never going to play for them again. I mean, if you're Emre Chan, aren't you looking around and thinking, hang on a minute. Why on earth would I want to leave this club? It's, 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 you know, it, or the it, fact that he hasn't actually, as far as we are aware, agreed to deal with another club. Is that him basically waiting to the last minute in this incredible game of brinksmanship as if to say, oh, yeah, it's OK, I will, I will send that deal I honestly there. can't read the mind of, of Emery Chan, to be honest. Why not? You're rubbish. <laughs> you are pathetic. Get out. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to. It's... I, 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 yeah, I just don't understand how a, how a player. Don't don't forget as well. He's been sort of, he's come on leaps and bounds on the Jurgen Klopp. And I know you know there's loyalty is such a, a, a hollow concept in football, modern football. But does he not have a little bit of loyalty towards Jurgen Klopp in the fact that you're the one who sort of helped me get into the German national squad for the World Cup? Or well, I mean, well, possibly maybe, not now because he's injured. But if well, he we was, don't know, maybe he could have gone last for, year and then he just decided to stay. Possibly, you know we, possibly. You, could, yeah, you can't get into the mind of him. I'm, try, I'm trying again. <laughs> he's still trying. <laughs> I'm working on it. But a deadline. It, it is an odd situation, isn't it? I think because you know he had. I, I know. Chan went on social media, didn't he, recently to... Stop talking kind of, about it, yeah. He was, I think he was angry at a Sunday newspaper report suggesting he was after, what was it, 200... 250,000? No, no, it was 200, oh, so the cop said it was 250. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that's not true. You know, it's not, that's not, a, it's, it's not a case of him asking for a ridiculous amount a week. I think we've written it many times, it's to do with, is it his representatives have wanted a release clause, um, and the release clause they want it's quite a low one compared to a player that wants, you know, high wages. Not not the kind of two hundred grand a week wages, but you know, one hundred and twenty, hundred and forty grand or whatever. Um, so that was why the talks initially broke down. But obviously, there's no doubt Klopp wants to keep him, um, and Liverpool would love to to, to, to does, still sort out. Does the fact that he's injured and we're now not sure when he's going to be back does that kind of play into Liverpool's hands a little bit? I don't think so because I think he will have so many offers on the table. Um, I don't think it'll make it. You know, it's not like he's done his crucio or anything like that, mm. is it? It's a, it's a 
it's a back problem, and you know, back problems I, are tricky. Yeah, although I don't, you know, I, who, who knows? I mean, when I, when I asked Klopp about it last week, and he on Friday afternoon, he said then that certainly another few weeks, and he, he wasn't prepared to rule him out for the season. And I know, I think subsequently he spoke to Sky, Sky Germany, Germany, yeah, hasn't he? So what, you know, I don't know whether whether that's a hundred percent that his season is over. Um, but yeah, that's just, written it now. <laughs> yeah, but it is a it is a strange, a strange, strange. You know, because he would have played last night. There's no mm. question about that. If he was fit, you know, you look at the big games when they've come along. Klopp has always turned to him. Um, 24 years of age, played must have played about 170 odd games for Liverpool already. Established international. He's the kind of player you want to keep. But you know, I think I think Liverpool have obviously had dealings with an agent before, and his agent does have previous for. For clients running down contracts, um, and it looks like Chan's going to going to join that list. The thing is, Liverpool are in a in a position of strength. I know it would be a, a massive blow if they developed a nature this player then lose them for nothing. But they've got Naby Keita coming in in the summer. That deal's already already sorted. He's younger than Emre Chan. He's pretty much considered. Uh, Does that mean he's younger than Kevin Stewart? He is younger than okay. Kevin Stewart. If you can believe that, he's uh, he's he's considered one of the most promising midfielders in, in, in European football and obviously if a club gets his claws into him and you've seen how he can develop players of, of that age bracket the sky feels the limit for, for Keita so you know Liverpool apart from the fact that they will be losing out on a sizable chunk of a transfer fee feel to me as if you know they, they, they hold the aces here they hold, they hold the cards and for some reason Chan's representatives it feels like they feel they that they do, you know, that, that Liverpool would be, you know, they are they, they would like to keep them, but they, they've got things, they've got players in reserve, and they've got players coming Liverpool. For Chan, it's just yeah, he can have Juventus, he can have Borussia Dortmund, but is he really going to get what he's he could potentially get at Anfield? And what he's getting right now, you know, Borussia Dortmund represents an all right option, but I mean Juventus, who I think is fair to say is the is the, is the one who's been linked with the most. But they keep on putting deadlines on there. They put another no, one on Sunday so for ten they're, days. They're, 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 in the, they're in the Italian media every week, aren't they? Saying something about Emery Chan. But is is he is he going to be really happy just strolling through Serie A? You know, a two horse title race. I, and I think we need someone to get into his mind and find well, out. Well, <laughs> you know, I'll work on it. But it's. I, I just I just don't understand it's odd, where it? it's you going. You don't you don't get I can't think of a comparable situation really in terms of a player whose value is that high and is playing week in, week out for a top team who reaches at this point of the season and his future is still you know I imagine Henry Chan does know where Harry, he's, he, he, Harry, I'm sure he does know where he's playing his football remember, next season. Do you remember Harry Kuehl? The Harry Kuehl where he did the big announcements on television, but yeah. that was more he had all the bids accepted, wasn't it? It wasn't he was out of contract, so he wasn't a, technically able to do what he wanted. But I think there was a release clause, wasn't it? Because Leeds got relegated. I'm struggling to remember a free agent who would who, who would be as, as good as Chan. Stephen yeah. But then that was different. I suppose in the modern the game, you know, Liverpool, so I know were, Liverpool were very much secondary. Exactly. Compared to Real Madrid and Barcelona, who both linked with him. Obviously, ends with Real Madrid. Wins the Champions League twice, so I think you've hit the right decision there. I can't recall a, you know, a Champions League semi-finalist, if you will, who've had a player who's played you know, the vast majority of the games he's been available, potentially walking out on a free. It's well, just, it, it, it's, does, it has happened with players who are older. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's that, what, yeah sorry, that, again, that's what I mean. It's just that this, like, the whole chance scenario, it just feels like 
it's it's almost unique. I can't remember something yeah. like it. I mean, Arsenal nearly had it with Oxley Chamberlain, but they decided to cash in on mm. Sanchez again, a bit older, but you know, the same idea, same well, principle. It's, it's, a, it's a bigger risk. It's a massive risk for him mm. when you think of what he's got at Liverpool in in terms of playing for a, a massive club, this, this resurgent under a manager that believes in him and has improved him so much as a player. I don't care what what he's got lined up. That is that's a leap into the unknown. I think probably comes back to the fact you know he's got. He's got no massive affinity, has he, with Liverpool as a club or as a city. Um, you know, he probably, I imagine, when he takes maybe the emotion out of it, he thinks, I've had four years here, mm. um, fancy a different... I've got ten years probably left in my career, go and live in a different country, learn a different language or something, but I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting if, if this does just rumble on and then... You know, I've Liverpool made a mistake in allowing it him to run down making that decision that Klopp made no I mean I could uh, Klopp was asked about this last summer because obviously it was interesting then the contrast between the way that he spoke about Chan compared to the way that Koeman at Everton talked about um, Barkley um, and they were in identical situations in terms of their their contracts and you know Koeman was very confrontational when he you know, said you know, he either signs it or you know slings his hook and Klopp was like I don't know, you know massively easy about it and I think Speaking to people in Liverpool, I think the, the, the feeling was that the cost of trying to replace Chan this season um, for someone of a similar comparable level would have been, you know, wouldn't have been financially make, made sense compared to what they they could have got for him if they sold him then. So they were prepared to take the risk of, of letting it run down onto a, a free transfer, and this is a situation. And I think it says a lot about Emre Chan that. It's not a massive uproar about it, is there? I think you know. I think if he was a player who was universally kind of loved and regarded, you know, I think it would have been a, a, a an issue that just grew and grew over the course of the season, and maybe they got a bit of stick during games at Anfield. But I think there's a bit. You know, a lot of fans are quite apathetic towards him in terms of. Yeah, he's all right, but you know what? You know, if he doesn't fancy you here, then go on, man. You know, you you take your chances somewhere else. Well, coming back to the Champions League, Liverpool are through, Barcelona are not through, Roma are through, Bayern Munich, you have to assume, favourites against Sevilla, Real Madrid definitely favourites against You're Juventus. You're awfully dating this podcast. I know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. After Sevilla's stunning 4-0 win at the matter. Allianz. So let's, yeah, so let, let's just fast forward <laughs> to the draw on Friday and assume that they are the four teams. In fact, you don't even have to assume they're the four teams. Who do you want Liverpool to get? Roma. Really? Yeah. yeah, really? You both want... Yeah. So, so you wouldn't want Bayern Munich? No. No, we agree that we definitely don't want Real Madrid. Even though if you play Real Madrid over two legs, you've got more chance of beating them because you're at least going to play them at Anfield. Also, there's a... I suppose, a bit iffy away from I suppose from, from a, Juventus. a fan perspective, there's a train of force. If Liverpool are going to... If you're going to spend you know, nearly £1,000 getting over to Ukraine, you're quite like them to be in a fixture that the, the, the least favourites to win, which I think it'd probably be a bit of a 50-50 split with Bayern, with the mm. bookmakers and they'd be favourites against Roma. So, you know, it saved them a lot of money if they got the heartache against Real Madrid out the way. I think there's, there's this value in saying Liverpool should play all three teams, to be honest. They you can't know. sit there play one. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but there is there's, there's, there's value in, in, in the sense that Roma, for me, no disrespect, would be the easiest team in, they the, in the draw. They, they've won every single game at home in Europe this season without conceding the goal. They've also beat, they've beaten Chelsea 3-0 and they beat Barcelona 3-0. Yeah, so they shouldn't be underestimated. They shouldn't be underestimated, but 
there's the, there's the Salah factor as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, which would be really interesting. But then there's I just also the Allison factor. There's the Allison factor, but you know, Liverpool don't want them anymore, so tough. Um, <laughs> so you're then, say, you're saying that Roma? I think Roma Roma are come on. Let's face it, Roma undoubtedly the most uh, attractive you know teams to face there. Then you got Bayern, where it's sort of a little bit like they're good but they're not that good and they're good enough for Liverpool to raise the game in the same way that they raised it against Man City it would keep them honest it would keep them focused they, they could be after Audi Cup revenge though. well that is you know <laughs> they, they, everybody wants the Audi Cup don't they yeah. um, thank God Atletico are out um, <laughs> so it's, it's I think Bayern is the one where people would say it's a great trip for the supporters um, and it would obviously there's the club factor club going back to you know to face off against his, uh, his biggest rivals in Germany and it would it would be the sort of game where Liverpool would, would you know I think they'd relish to be honest you, you saw what they did albeit in a friendly in um, in the summer and then there's the, the train of thought that yeah Real Madrid would be good because it's two legs get them at Anfield at first for example try and blow them away like they blew away Man City Liverpool shouldn't fear anybody in this competition and you've got a much better chance if you beat Real Madrid in the uh, in the semi-finals I've, I've got on record if they beat Real Madrid in the semi-finals they will start the Champions League final as favourites Jake uh, I've got a sneaking suspicion why I get Real Madrid you know really because I just think it, you know you always think about the home balls stories and, and you it's just think toasty in here to be fair when you think Liverpool's you know the, the last Champions League campaign that Liverpool had you know what was the abiding memory from that was that horrendous night at the Bernabeu where don't don't field. don't start me on this. Do not start me on this. I've, ne- I've never seen Ian Doyle as passionate about anything in life <laughs> yeah. as, as that team in the Bernabeu. You know, and it, it, that, I don't think that, that that didn't sit right with anyone. Did it that night? I mean, no, fought it did not. so hard to, to get back. <laughs> do, you, do you remember walking to get, up to the Bernabeu that yeah. night when we had our phones on yeah. us, and I was like, "Yeah, the, is this the team? Yeah. Is this yeah to get back to that level?" And then you know, and it but, was you know, it was, and it was it was almost like afterwards with Brendan Rodgers, almost like a kind of. Well, we should have just been happy to be here, and he know, would probably only, was happy to we, be there. We only got yeah. a narrow defeat, and so I think that would be. You just think about possible scenarios, and you make me really angry, Jake. Can we talk about something else? To go back to the, I'm just thinking, but to go, to go back to the Bernabeu, say for the second leg in the Champions League semi-final, playing for a place in the final, where you you know, the way that Liverpool would, the contrast between Liverpool's approach now compared to. What happened then would, would uh, yeah, I think I, I quite fancy that. He's writing the verdict in his head already, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Now, now, football has not finished. There are, the Premier League continues on Saturday. Zerat. There is a game going on. Liverpool are playing Bournemouth. Now, Chelsea's failure to beat West Ham basically meant that Liverpool's draw with Everton wiped out one of the four wins that Liverpool needed. So now they only need three from the last five games. They do have three games before they play. Uh, go up to Chelsea. Um, it's Bournemouth first. I think Stoke next. No, it's West Brom next week, isn't it? And then Stoke at home, which is in between the two legs uh, against, as you reckon, James Real Madrid. You reckon Roma now? I'm going to say Bayern Munich. Oh no, no, you, you, you didn't ask me who I think the guys who I wanted to. Get. Oh, let's just say Roma. Let's just say Roma. Oh, let's just go Roma. Okay, right. Anyway, going back to the question, what does Klopp do with his team? You mentioned James that Mohamed Salah clearly wasn't fully fit. Would you be not surprised to see him not play against Bournemouth? Yeah, you're not even would, going, are you? I wouldn't. No, my mum's seventy on Saturday. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I'll be watching it on TV. Watching what? Your mum being seventy? Or 
Uh, no, so I wish I was watching my mum being 70 on TV whilst I was sat at Anfield, but it's the other way around, unfortunately. Um, I've met James's, think... James's mum, she's a lo- lovely woman. She's big red. Um, the... Is that a nickname? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's yeah, anyway, no, 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 su- what days again, It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if we didn't see Mo Salah. I think... I think <laughs> Klopp's in a bit of a tricky position at the moment, isn't he? Because you're, you're right, that Chelsea result last weekend was, was massive because it, it, any minute bit of damage done by the stalemate with Everton was kind of cancelled out by Chelsea failing to win. Yeah, Liverpool are essentially on the brink of nailing down a top four spot. Klopp will want that done and dusted as soon as he possibly can. Um, you know, the, the fixtures Liverpool have got left, you know, touch wood, there, there is no excuses for them not getting the points they mm. need. Um, you know, especially the ones they've got at home. Um, obviously, West Brom is one of the aways as well, isn't it? So, so yeah, I think it's, it's a tricky one, really. I think the problem is you look at the bench at the Etihad, and he hasn't got a massive amount of options at the moment. Henderson will be back, though, will he? Henderson will be back, so obviously he'll be It was nice to see start. Woodburn back as well. Yeah, even though but, you know, least... a real lack of... Yeah, fitness, you know, I think he's yeah. only been back in full training three or four days. Um yeah, so he potentially might come well, back got, into got, it. You I know, mean, Klein, Moreno, he, people like that. So the defence is yeah, he be could, shuffled he about could a bit. Freshen it up a little bit, but I don't think he'll be wanting to make too many. I don't. Think, I don't think we'll see half a team changing like, like at Goodison because mm. I just think, you know, this. I think this will be one where Klopp will have circled it and gone. You know, we make sure we get this job well, they've done. Got a, they've got a week off he, after that. Haven't they? Well, it, a week with. I know there's no midweek game. Yeah. The... He's a slave to rhythm as well, and I think it, I think we. <laughs> Make a note of that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think also is is the fact that yeah, it was a bit it was a bit hectic, it was a bit whirlwind, but I don't think that the city game will have taken it as much out of them as it would have done the week before. I feel like there's, there's still a little bit more in reserve. He defended deep, but and, and he had to cover the spaces. But let's face it, once Liverpool went to one one, and maybe I'd say the last twenty minutes was a bit more. It was more serene. Stand, it was a bit more, more stand, serene, yeah, wasn't it? Was standing still in positions exactly, and just getting in the way. Exactly. So I don't think I don't think the the, the you know the, the they're in danger of, of, of you know their energy bars being red or anything like that at the moment. Um, so I I think the other thing is is you want to get to a position where let's say you need one point from the last two games at, 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 at the very, at, you know worst case scenario. Liverpool could easily win. And they could make changes, could easily win the next three games, no problem. Then it's done. And then it's, it's done. done. Yeah. The absolute ideal scenario there is either it's already done or a pointer from the last two games heading into Chelsea because obviously that follow that will be the game after the second leg of the semi-final mm. and basically they can play all three up front um, if they want to against Chelsea. I've got fancy chances, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the way they're defending at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to play wide because I'm not doing any running. Well, I know that. Christine, you do running, don't you? I do. I run a lot. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of run. James, you felt like you wanted to say something. <laughs> no, I've got nothing else to say to you. Ian. Oh, that's fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, I, I just think if Liverpool can get into a position where they can get to Stamford Bridge with either needing a point or have already qualified, that's absolutely perfect because they can they can just relax and look forward to Kiev. Right, James, do you have anything else to add? Um. You did, by the way, I would like to point out, he did put his hand up in the air as if he wanted to say something, then put it down. Yeah, I've forgotten what that was. Must have been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that bombshell, top, in top this very, yeah, say, <laughs> on that very professional note, we bid you farewell and say join us 
next week where we look back at the game against Bournemouth and ponder more on what James Pearce was about to tell us. Cheerio.